we in downtown strategy are in true implementation mode and so everything we do is about execution and visible change on the street in the short term and so it's so rewarding um, really exciting to know that in three years four years five years our downtown is going to start to look very different it's really exciting This is the Ireland-Canada Connection podcast series, brought to you by the Ireland-Canada Business Association. I'm Patrick Hawhey, and in this episode, I learn about a fascinating initiative that is being rolled out in Calgary, Alberta, where vacant office spaces in the downtown area are being converted into much-needed homes. These conversions are being incentivized by city council grants and are designed to breathe life back into the city's downtown district while also boosting housing supply and making homes more affordable. At a time when many countries are experiencing a severe shortage of housing supply, this initiative is attracting a lot of attention internationally, including here in Ireland, where it is now being discussed at government level. My guest is Natalie Marchett, Manager of Development and Strategy with the Downtown Strategy Team at the City of Calgary. Natalie is one of the key people behind this program, and she started our conversation by explaining how it all got started. So the conversation around needing to look at office spaces and vacancy differently in the downtown started back in 2014, 2015 when we started to see that recession in the oil and gas industry. So Calgary's downtown was really built and developed to support the commercial uh, uses of oil and gas. So housing, um, housing office space. um, And we really were the corporate headquarters for the oil and gas industry across the nation. And Calgary's downtown was built with, um, with that, supporting that industry and obviously the ancillary uses that that also support oil and gas and so when that recession began that's when we started noticing vacancy rates really rising and not seeing any reabsorption of the market of that space and it started to raise some red flags for us back at that time that oil and gas may not come back the way we thought it might um And so the conversation began back then. When COVID hit, obviously that compounded the the problem for Calgary, knowing that even if there was some reabsorption of industry, that the work from home environment might be a permanent thing or at least hybrid work would likely be permanent. So we were we were ready with uh, our strategy and this initiative right around the time COVID hit. And so we took our proposal to council back in April of 2020 um, to support the downtown strategy at large and then this initiative specifically as as one major component of that work so that's when we that's when we introduced it and then we officially launched the program for the first time in the fall of 2020 can i ask before we get into a little bit more how you you rolled it out and got people on board what was the impact in terms of calgary the center of calgary what was the impact of having so few um, or so many unused office spaces in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of the satellite businesses that would have thrived mm-hmm. based on those office workers, etc.? Oh, huge. Um, 
we unfortunately a lot of small business uh, couldn't survive. Um, you just don't have that critical mass anymore coming downtown. But the the major major impacts to the city. So capital C, the corporation, um, was the decline in property values that that resulted from that vac- those vacancy rates, and and therefore also the tax revenue that was being generated from the downtown. So collectively at at the height of our vacancy crisis we were sitting at um, about 34% vacancy within the downtown and that equated to a property value decline of nearly 17 billion dollars in oh, property wow. value assessments yeah and so um that had huge implications and impact to tax revenue and what had to happen was uh, at the time what we referenced as a tax shift because if you're not collecting the tax revenue where you traditionally do, you have to collect it elsewhere. And so we had to rebalance sort of how we generated those taxes. So because of that citywide impact that property value decline was having, that's when we really knew we had to get involved in some way and try to influence reimagining and reusing some of these buildings in a different way. So that was really the impetus for n- not only this major initiative, which is the the um, incentive program, but the broader strategy at large, which has a whole bunch of other pieces to it to try to reimagine and reinvent our downtown. On one side, you have a downtown that needs incredible amounts of revitalization for many reasons. On the other side, did you also have a, a shortage of housing, or maybe you still do have a shortage of housing as we're experiencing certainly in Ireland and in many other other countries. Was it that twin pressure? So for us at the time when we developed the incentive, which of course is about removing office space through conversion to residential use. So when we when we first brought forward the initiative, we we were strictly incentivizing residential only. And that was based on a principle around firstly bringing people into the downtown on that sort of 24-7 basis. Previously, Calgary's downtown, even when it was thriving, at least from that office worker standpoint and the commercial standpoint, we were a nine to five, Monday to Friday city. Nothing happened downtown after five o'clock for the most part, and certainly nothing was happening on the weekends. And so in reimagining what we want our downtown to be and become, the, the number one priority for us was bringing people in. And so um, residential use was our number one priority in what we wanted to start seeing in the downtown. And so that's why at the time, we only were incentivizing um, office to residential conversion. Now, knowing what we know about um, the federal um, initiatives around immigration and what we're expecting to see over the coming years of the, you know, the influx of newcomers to Canada and specifically to Calgary. We do know we have a housing shortage. Um, We've been told by some of our market analysts that we have about a six month supply of housing and that's it. And so we really need to build in units and we need to build them in quickly because we're going to be inviting people into our city into our country over the next year, two years, three years. Uh, So we now are really seeing that our program is actually filling that void as well from that the need of housing. But at the time, it was more based on a principle of what the downtown itself needed as far as that mix of uses and that residential base to support 
um, a thriving community. So now we're seeing, yes, like it's also filling this other priority need that we have, which is the housing crisis and afford and affordability. I mean, aside from just unit availability, the affordable piece for every city is becoming more and more challenging. Um, and conversions, they whether they're true affordable or not, they will offer a lower price point than obviously a new build simply because it's not a new building. So we're going to see more housing choice and more choice across price points as well, for mostly for um, rental, which is great. Yeah. So could you explain the very basics of how the program works? You know, are are there grants? Who can apply? So the program is for the full greater downtown boundary. However, we have prioritized the downtown core. So in our program guide, we have a map that shows the area that we are prioritizing files. So far, every single one of our projects that have received funding are within that small boundary of the downtown core. That's the area where we see the highest concentration of office vacancy. And so we're prioritizing that for um, removing the inventory. Um, Essentially, if you're within that zone, you are a property owner with an existing office building that is either fully or mostly vacant, and you are wanting to convert that space into residential, or now we have added a few other uses to this program. So we're also now incenting hotel, uh, school, and performing arts space. So if you have an office building that you are wanting to convert to any of those uses, Basically, you're eligible for funding. We go through a full review process and do our own due diligence and all of that. But in essence, you would be eligible to be considered for funding. Um, So very few criteria, which is intentional. Um, And then if you're successful in being approved to receive funding, the way it works is the city will pay if it's residential, we will pay $75 for every square foot of existing office space that is converted to residential use. And we pay that at time of project completion. So we enter into what we call a funding agreement. We work out all of the details um, that the project needs to deliver on. If that is completed to, um, to what we agreed on, Uh, once that property owner gets their occupancy permit from the city of Calgary, we will issue the check for the full amount. And so depending on the scale of building, what we're seeing typically come in are asks from between about $6 million in funding all the way up to currently the most that we've approved is $15 million in funding for one single project. So it varies greatly on the scale of the building, but it's it's uh it's typically in that range, about six on the low end and then 15 on the on the high end of city dollars. And that's full grant. There's no uh, repayment or it's not a loan. It's a full grant that we pay you at the end of delivery of that project. So far, have there been any projects completed at this stage or are they sort of midway? The closest one that we have is the Cornerstone project and they are on track to get their occupancy permit at the end of the year. So that's the fastest one that we've seen. Typically, these projects take anywhere from 12 to 24 months from start to finish for completion, which is still a really short time frame compared to new builds. So the delivery is certainly accelerated for housing, which is great, um, but also the removal of that office inventory is accelerated as well. So um, 
that's the one that will be first uh, to, to complete officially, but we have a number of others that are either in the demolition phases or they're in permitting phase. Um, they're all moving along really well though. So we do expect by 2025 to see a number of them actually complete. And how many units, how many apartments, so to speak, or studios will that release onto the market? So currently we have 10 officially approved and announced projects. Those are all public. And then we have another four that are currently in still in the approval phases, so not official. Um, but with those 14, if all 14 uh, do go forward, we will see over 2,000 new dwelling units in the downtown core. So within that fairly small boundary of the downtown that we're targeting. It's incredible. And when when these units are released for residential units are released onto the market and they're occupied, are there sufficient services and infrastructure within those areas in order to comfortably take so many more residents who are there 24 hours a day as opposed to that sort of nine to five? Do you need yeah. to look and go, OK, well, we, we probably need a school there or we need something, you know, we need to add things into this part of the city now that there's so many more residents than there were before? Yeah, absolutely. So two separate things that we that we look at. One is the deep infrastructure, so utilities to make sure that capacities are there. Um, and that right now we've determined is is good because of the amount of vacancy we have in the downtown, we do have a lot of capacity. So currently the utilities isn't isn't a concern. It's something we're gonna continue to monitor and make sure that as you say, you know, with the different um, timelines and, and schedules of folks actually living versus working, that we're that we're managing that and monitoring it. But right now, we don't have a concern just because there's so much capacity right now in the downtown. On the other side, on the amenities and services, that's really where we do need to do some work. So we know that if we want to attract families, we need to figure out schools, uh, we need to figure out daycares, we need to figure out park space, um, and so those are all things that we're trying to work through now. Now, we do have another incentive program that's the downtown um, office demolition incentive program. And so that program is specifically for buildings that are truly at end of life and actually cannot be repurposed um, or converted. And the best thing for them is to come down and then reimagine the site. And as part of that program, when projects come forward, the city will look at those lands to see is that actually a really strategic site for some of the amenities that you're speaking of? And do we put together a plan around actually um, incenting a specific type of development to fill that gap or potentially even acquire the building so that we can um, either turn into park space or a site for the kinds of public amenities that we need to build in? So those are all things that we're trying to figure out now. We do have a big bucket of money for capital improvements. And so we are moving forward with some priority areas in the downtown for new streetscape design infrastructure. So our Stephen Avenue project, um, we also have 8th Street and that's right on the West End where we are seeing a lot of clustering of these uh, conversion projects. So we're, we're doing um, a lot of great capital works to be ready for when these residents do come in. But there's lots still to do. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd imagine there is, but for someone like you with the role you have, and I know you have a bit of a background in sort of city planning or town planning, this must be a fascinating time to be doing what you're doing in the role you're in. I love my job. <laughs> 
I, I uh, spent a number of years of my career in true planning where you write policy and um, you do master planning and that's great work and really important, but you don't see the fruits of your labor on that kind of work for a really long time. Um, whereas we in downtown strategy are in true implementation mode. And so everything we do is about execution and, um, you know, visible change on the street in the short term. And so it's so rewarding. Um, and yeah, just really exciting to see. It's hard to see from the outside now because we, we do only have a couple projects that are actually in the works on this, but to see the the plan of what's coming in what we've approved and our timelines on delivery and to know that in three years four years five years our downtown is going to start to look very different that's it's really exciting and because you know there was so much talk during covid of we need to rethink our cities and rethink how they work and a lot of that will just remain talk because things have mm -hmm. gone back to normal in these cities and life goes on as normal but Calgary is a place where you really are rethinking how a city works and what it looks like and what things are used for. So it's probably a pretty unique study globally right now in terms of how this can be done and how it will work. And it's very much in process. It is. Yeah. And I think we were in a position where we really were forced to rethink our downtown. We had developed quite a monoculture in our downtown historically, which um, isn't sustainable and it isn't resilient. It, it worked for us for a long time, but the time has come now where it's not a model that we can rely on anymore. And so what we're trying to do is really keep that idea of resiliency in mind in everything that we do in the downtown. And it really is about that diversity, diversity of industry, diversity of use, diversity of demographics, you have to have that mix of, of everything to be sustainable. Um, and so that's really what we think about in all of the pieces of work that we're doing is making sure that we're not just repeating past mistakes. <laughs> we certainly don't have an idea that we would remove all of the office space and turn it into residential. That's also not sustainable. Downtown still should be the core place where people work, but it can be so much more than that. And so those are all the pieces that we're building in to have that balance across the area. And because it's such a unique, interesting project, you are attracting attention from cities, other cities across Canada into the, the states like San Francisco mm -hmm. and probably beyond. So you're probably having a lot of phone calls with various other places <laughs> and cities asking similar questions to what I'm asking. Oh yeah, we've had phone calls since we got the approval in 2020. First around the um, our new plan. So we did create a new planning document for the downtown and it was partnered with this downtown strategy that had actual dollars assigned to it, which is which is quite different than what you typically do in planning. Typically you come with a policy plan and then you wait for industry developers, landowners to come to you around actually implementing that policy. Whereas we had our own implementation strategy with real dollars assigned to it to go and start doing what we said we wanted to do. Um, and so that, that approach is quite unique in cities. And so we do get a lot of questions about that. We get a lot of questions about the incentive program itself and around how it was structured and how, how really we got the support from our council because 
to date, our council alone, so just the city of Calgary, has committed $153 million to the incentive program, um, which is a lot of money. And to have a council agree to do something like that, that is so bold and Really, there were no precedent studies because we were the first. We get a lot of questions about how did you get your council on board to agree to that? And um, for us, it really was, this was not something that we created in-house. We created it in complete partnership with industry and with our civic partners. And when the time came to go to council with the message, they led that messaging. You know, the message really came from industry. It came from, um, you know, our partners at the university or our, our partners in the community downtown, the cultural groups and everyone else that was saying, we are faced with a massive crisis and this is what you need to do if you, if you want to turn the curve on this. So administration really sat back mostly and didn't, um, we didn't really lead that conversation. And I think that was what was so critical in getting our council to buy in. It really was the community coming to them and saying, we need you to do this. So that's been the big one, I think, for cities trying to get their minds around, um, firstly, the structure of the program itself, and then how do you get the support for the dollars? So on that and final question, um, if policymakers, for example, in Ireland or beyond are listening and they're kind of intrigued and, you know, this is something they may look at, what advice could you share about things that you believe have, have worked well, you know, advice you would give in terms of do this bit and get this bit right, but also mm -hmm. things that have proved challenging and maybe watch outs? Mm -hmm. First, I would say really important is to figure out what the problem is you're trying to solve. So for Calgary, it was quite clear. As I said, we had developed this monoculture around commercial space and what it was built for. It was built for largely a single industry. And so we had a very clear problem. Um, and then the vacancy crisis, knowing even if COVID didn't happen, we still had that problem. And so the work from home piece was only for us, it was a, it was a part of it, but it wasn't the crux of the issue. And so if cities now are looking at vacancy simply because of the pandemic, well, maybe that's not quite the same problem that we had. And so the solution might not be the same. So first I would say, really understanding your problem and really understanding uh, what the outcome is that you want is critical before you get into you know what the solutions are. And then if the solution is something like an incentive or a program, what we have found um, so successful in our program is that we kept it intentionally simple. So as I said um, uh, earlier in our conversation, if you are within our priority area, you are an existing office building, and you are wanting to convert to one of our listed uses, you're basically eligible. There are no other strings attached to that. We don't require um, a certain proportion of affordable housing. We don't require a certain level of climate resiliency or sustainable design. We don't require new public realm infrastructure. Um, and Keeping it that simple, I think, really drove the interest and the uptake. And I will say, even though we don't require anything above and beyond straight office conversion, we're getting every single project is delivering way more than that. 
we have projects doing affordable housing. We have projects doing um, climate measures to their buildings. And we're getting it because our program is so competitive. So I would say policy writers um, don't, and policy decision makers don't need to necessarily uh, push some of their priorities, they will come if your program is attractive enough. So that's been the really big insight for us on this program is how much more we're getting beyond just what we're asking for. Um, some of the challenges I think that are cost escalation. So we're starting to see, so as I said, for residential, we were offering $75 a square foot. That was back in a time before the cost escalation started to, to happen. And so now there's a, a bit of a question around, is that still the right rate? And will it continue to be successful? And so going forward, keeping uh, keeping tabs on where that's at is sort of our challenge. Um, and if other municipalities are considering this kind of thing, looking into really working with industry, don't try to solve it on your own, partner with industry, partner with the people who are out there on the ground doing things like this, um, and build a prod program to be successful. So that would be the advice that that I would give if um, if others are listening and um, interested in in you know exploring similar programs. Natalie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the the Ireland Canada connection today. And maybe we could check in in a few months or in a year or so and see how some of those things have progressed, some of the projects that are midway now, and and what the this the city centre is looking like in, in a few months' time. Well, thanks so much for having me, and absolutely um, very happy to reconnect and and share our results in at any time frame, even the end of the year when this first project launches. Um, I'm super excited to be there on opening day, so <laughs> I'm happy to chat anytime. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Ireland-Canada Connection. For more information about the Ireland-Canada Business Association and the work we do, just visit irelandcanada.com. <laughs>